everyone. Welcome to another edition of Mystery School. I'm your host, Jacob Cox, and tonight we have a really great topic that I I feel is very near and dear to my heart. Um, the Native American culture is something that I'm just really in love with, uh, just everything about it. People, people tend to think maybe we're more civilized because we have higher buildings and cars and technologies, but in honest, on all honesty, I really feel like they were much farther beyond us spiritually and maybe even more mentally and emotionally and um, in ways that we really aren't today. So I feel like it is really important for us to take their information, their, their oral traditions and their teachings to heart and really put it into play for us. Um, it's just something that I feel like we can get so much more from learning from other people, uh, where they have come from, where they've been and their stories. And, um, so I'm really, really excited about tonight. So let's go ahead and get, get going. Uh, first off, I want to thank Neil David Sr., a uh, guy who lived with the Hopis there for a while, and he painted this incredible painting. Um, it is called The Fest Parade Begins as the Katsinam Emerges from the Kiva. Really cool. The Katsinam is their, their spirits and their guides, and they are all dressed like them and dancing. Uh, that's awesome. Very similar to what the Hopi are doing, ceremonies and stuff. They're dancing at night around the fire uh, and other ceremonies that they're doing to preserve, you know, their way of life, their understandings. And, um, and you know, it's really about community, I think. Um, it's really, you know, something I'm, like I said, again, I'm very intrigued by. Um, to me, you know, I don't feel like this is the first life I've ever lived. And I feel like I've been a Native American many times. So I feel that Native American presence really kind of bleeding into who I am today and all the, really all the lives I feel like I've lived kind of bleeding into right now to help me understand where we really are in the world and what's really going on on this planet. And is it just something that's, you know, randomly happening? No, because so many cultures around the world have told us that these things have happened in the past and they will happen again. So let's talk about this blue star prophecy from the Hopi. Um, and the first thing I really want to say is, you know, obviously I am not a Hopi elder. Um, so this message tonight comes with a lot of humility. I'm very humble to, you know, just tell you guys what I've read, what I've experienced, the things that I feel, uh, my guides that speak through me and where they're kind of pointing me. And I feel like, in my whole journey of life, you know, information was for me only. I was just learning things for myself. But at some point, I felt like I was given so much understanding uh, that I felt really responsible to give it back to others. And I feel like now is the time more than ever that we need to, you know, give these messages back to the people. And so, again, I'm not a Hopi elder, but obviously, but um, I feel very drawn to them and, and other Native American cultures, and and many of them have similar stories. So we want to share their prophecy tonight on the Blue Star and, um, you know, try to understand as much as we can. And with oral tradition, it can be very difficult to interpret. Um, but that's the same with written tradition, like the Bible or anything else. I mean, the stories in the language that the Bible's written, Aramaic and Greek, we don't speak those languages today. So it's hard for us to decipher what those people are saying when it comes to figures of speech and certain things that they're talking about, just as Japanese is a language that's spoken today. And even really um, 
trying to speak in English with the things that they're writing, we don't have the same figures of speech and the same cultural things that are that are going on. So there's a little bit of misunderstanding and and we have to take every little story we have with a grain of salt, but try to take all the stories that we have and put them all together. And I think that's what we're going to try to do tonight. Um, so because, because of that, let's go ahead and get started. But now we can read all the prophecies and things and thanks to the internet and this living language that we have now. So back in the day, we had the Tower of Babel. And before that, you know, the Bible says that we had this one living language that all people spoke with. They could all speak the same language. And I feel like that's very important to know that people on this planet had that living language that everybody could speak. And then at some point, this Tower of Babel was built. God came down to confuse man because they had become one. Now, I don't think that is the God of love, the God of uh, all that is, but I think those are different people coming down and, and taking um, taking the shape and the form and the ideology of being a God, and people are, are taking them that way. So that's important to realize. Today, we're coming to that same kind of conclusion where we don't all speak the same language, but through the internet, someone has deciphered you know, the text of the Bible for you speaking, for you to read in English or the book of the dead or, you know, whatever sort, whatever book it is from a different culture and different co continent that you don't speak that language. So I feel like that's really important to realize we have at our disposal, all that information and technology so that we can read these things in our own language and interpret the best we can. So that puts us at a very significant time period in history. Um, and I think that's something really to be important about. We have that luxury of having access to all these prophecies around the world. And I feel like for the better part of my adult life, that's what I've been doing is trying to read these stories and, you know, how do they, you know, correlate? How do they say the same things? Um, are they talking about the same events in the past and they lead us to the same understanding of what will happen in the future? And I believe they do. Um, and the Hopi believe that they have suffered three previous world cataclysms. The first was destroyed by fire. You know, people say a comet, an asteroid, things like that. Um, the second was destroyed by ice, a great ice age. Um, many, many cultures around the globe talk about that. And then a deluge, a flood. And obviously a lot of stories around the world talk about that as well. Um, these were not random earth changes or astrophysical phenomena, but humankind's disregard for both mother nature and for the spiritual dictates of that of the creator. So they were saying that these aren't just random things that happened. These were because the people who were living at the time weren't respecting their mother. They weren't living with mother earth. They were taking advantage of her. And, and that's really what we see today. We really see a lot, you know, obviously people taking up resources for a certain group of people who have money or power or whatever else, while other people are uh, starving and, um, you know, hurting because they don't have access to energies and clean water and things like that. So in other words, these, ca these cataclysm events in nature world in the nature world are casually connected to collective transgressions or negative human actions. So we really do have an effect on our planet. We have an effect on what's going on. And I think we're seeing that now. I think some of the things that we see on the planet, obviously today are man-made and to look like natural disasters, that I think is pretty plain and plain and simple and pretty obvious at this point. But at the same time, I do think seven to eight billion people on this planet having a certain kind of mindset, um, an emotional frequency that we're all connected to. Um, you know, when you walk into a room and you feel someone sad or hurt or angry, 
you can feel that. And if you're not aware of it, you can jump into that with them and be sad and angry and, and upset and all the other things too. Just like when you go into a room where you feel peace and harmony, it's easier to get into that groove and that vibration with them as well. So we know that people affect other people and people affect the frequencies and that many people on this planet. And especially if you can sway people to live in fear and to be angry and upset and frustrated all the time, then we're going to have a world where that, that seems to be happening a lot more. Um, but according to the Hopi, the fourth world shall end soon and the fifth world will begin. This is the elders everywhere. know. the signs over many years have been fulfilled. And so few are left signs are described by these Hopi elders. And again, these were not stories that you can go, I mean, you can't read them now, but these were not stories that are written long ago. So a lot of things that we have are pretty modern of what we have. Um, for instance, one of the best well-known stories about the Blue Star Prophecy is from Frank Waters in 63 when he wrote his book about Sakwasaha. That is the blue kachina, and the, the kachina means spirit which brings in the fifth world. So that's what we're talking about when we're talking about this blue star. And we're going to get in more depth into that in here in just a minute. But I wanted to take you guys through some of the signs that were given from some of the elders not so long ago and, you know, what's come true and what hasn't already. But most of these have all pretty much came true already. One of the first signs that they talk about is we are told of the coming of the white-skinned man like Pahana, but not living like Pahana. We'll talk about Pahana in a little bit. Men who took the land that was not theirs and who, who struck their enemies with thunder. So that's the first sign of guns. And they're talking about striking their enemies with thunder, that loud bang. That obviously has already came to pass. That's something that many Americans have talked about. Native Americans have talked about um, seeing white people come and take over their lands. That's So that sign I feel like is 100% already done. The second sign is our lands will see the coming of spinning wheels filled with voices in his youth, my father saw his prophecy come true with his eyes. The white man bringing the families and wagons across the prairies. That definitely is those spinning wheels that they saw and their carriages and horse and buggies that they were you know, coming from the east to the west. And they obviously saw them riding in and people are speaking and talking and probably singing and that kind of stuff. So that that is another one I feel like pretty obviously is definitely already done. And then the third sign. They talk about a strange beast like a buffalo, but with great long horns will overrun the land in large numbers. These white, these white feathers saw with his eyes, the coming of the white man's cattle. And that is obviously our modern day cow that we have um, in bull. And, you know, we, they had their buffaloes, they hunted, they were wild animals. And now we have these domesticated animals that most, most Americans, you know, obviously live on today and they eat. So, um, you know, obviously that's another one that's come true. And the fourth sign, the land will be crossed by snakes of iron. And it just takes you a minute to think about what's a, you know, a snake of iron would probably be something like a railroad track. Lots of railroad tracks around uh, America, probably not as much as Europe and other places, but obviously something that the Native Americans wouldn't have, wouldn't have had back in their day. And snakes of iron seems very relevant to railroad tracks. The fifth sign is the land shall be crisscrossed by a giant spider web. I could say that could be a couple of things. I definitely think the electric power and the telephone lines would look mostly more than anything like uh, a spider's web. You could even probably even go as far as to say 
the internet, but that's something that's more so invisible or underground. So I tend to think that is electrical power and the telephone lines that are above ground. That's something you can see. And if you were looking at it from above, you know, um, it might look something like a spider web going from people's houses all along the country. So again, that's another one I definitely believe as well as already taken place. And then there's the sixth sign, the land shall be crisscrossed with rivers of stone that make pictures in the sun. And that the river, the pictures might take people off a little bit, but ultimately rivers of stone would be roads. And if you've ever been out in like the desert or somewhere when it's really hot, you can see, um, you know, when it, the, the concrete heats up and the asphalt heats up, there's kind of like a mirage that happens. And, you know, you can kind of see like pictures and things going on in there. Um, I think that's just them trying to describe it in their own words, something that they might be seeing into the future. Because we've always, people have always had access. We, Nostradamus is not the only one, you know. People have always had access to and privy to things that are going to happen in the future because you're so in, in the now and you and you understand your past. Understanding the past, understanding the now gives you great insight into the future. So these people saw these things. They're trying to explain them in the best way they can, but I 100% think six sign points to roads um, and the mirage effects that they produce. The seventh sign, you will hear of the sea turning black and many living things dying because of it. And I think that's obviously like oil spills, um, you know, tankers bringing those oils back and forth into water and then they spilling them and they're killing a lot of animals. We definitely probably not heard about it as much lately, but I know, you know, not so long ago, we've definitely had some big oil spills worldwide um, throughout the past couple of decades. So that's something that, you know, in their time would have never, never happened. They would not have been using oil and needed that. So that's definitely number seven has Obviously, I think definitely happened. And then the A sign, you will see many youth who wear their hair long like my people come and join the tribal nations to learn their ways and wisdom. You could say for sure, probably in the 60s, the hippie movement, that was something that was definitely happening uh, at that moment. But ever since then, um, maybe it stopped for a little bit. But definitely even now, we definitely see, you know, many people growing their hair out, trying to go back to these really natural and native Native American type of ways and living. Um, you know, people just want to live in tiny homes and, um, you know, want to live on the land and, and, and to be free from the grid and everything else. So that's exactly how those people were living on the earth without these technologies. And we see so many people around today and there's huge movements around this kind of stuff. So number seven is definitely happened. Number eight has definitely happened as well. And then according to uh, white feather here, he says the ninth and last sign, you will hear of a dwelling place in the heavens above the earth that shall fall with a great crash. It will be, it will appear as a blue star. And very soon after this, the ceremonies of my people will cease that is the one where some people have said in Australia they did see some kind of satellite fall that was blue or whatever. I, you know, this is something I, I, I don't agree with that one. Um, I think this is something much bigger. This is something that, you know, a dwelling place in the heavens. I mean, of course, I guess you could say some kind of, um, you know, satellite or something like that. People do work on those things. But we're, when I say of a dwelling place, I'm talking about where people live, um, you know, like a planet or, you know, I guess you could, you know, argue high high dimensional beings do live in stars as well and, and take you know go in and out of them uh as portals like the sun but um it's very interesting because along with seeing this huge blue star and they say it appears as a blue star so again i take it with a grain of salt we see a blue object yes is it a star could be 
could be something else. Um, I do think that we live in a binary star system, which means our sun is not the only star that is in our solar system. And many stars do have a binary star system. So this thing could be a star that most definitely could be a very hot blue star coming in. And if that thing came, you know, anywhere uh, in our neighborhood, it would definitely cause a lot of havoc. Um, and that's something that like Quran talks about the destroyer and everything. Um, but the blue Kachina also comes back to dance in the plaza. He will remove his mask to initiate the purification process because, you know, the microcosm mimics the macrocosm. So they're saying, and I've heard it kind of both ways that he comes before and he comes after, but most, most of the texts I'm seeing is that the blue Kachina dancer comes in before he dances at night. And after they start to see him at night, he removes his mask soon after. Then they see the blue Kachina, this blue dwelling place in the sky which I think is, um, you know, and I'll go ahead and say it too. I, I believe this could be what we call Nibiru, the Sumerian tablets, you know, talk about this planet that has a 3,600 year elliptical orbit because it, it doesn't have the same um, trajectory around the sun as our other planets do. It was a rogue planet flying through time and space, hits the um, gravitation pull of our sun. And then, you know, it's got its own 3,600 year elliptical orbit and that thing's coming around. And so that was supposed to be an all water planet. And that to me, man, that would be a dwelling place. You know, it would be something totally blue if it's all water and, you know, like the destroyer and other things, if it came back and it's, it's got this, you know, a lot of weight to it and it comes anywhere close to us, just like Jupiter and all the other planets in astrology say, as these planets go into retrograde, as they come close, they, they do different things to our planet. And, you know, even though we may think of destruction as something bad, you know, a force has to burn down in order for the new growth to burn, to, to give life. So there are cycles of light and dark cycles of death and birth. And, and I think, so we have to think of it like that, but I certainly think, um, I feel these things, you know, being, you know, introduced to me and remembering and um, when I sleep at night and I have visions and dreams, these things coming back to me. So I read these things again with a grain of salt, trying to put it all together. It's a huge puzzle. And I think we're doing our best to just listen to these Native Americans and listen to stories of the Bible and the Marbarta and the Egyptian Book of the Dead and all these other stories. And I think we're just the Pupil Vu. We're trying to put it all together because we have that luxury now of reading these things and trying to put them together. So well, let's start off and talk a little bit more exactly about what the Hopi said about this prophecy and what this thing brought in and what it did. And according to them, <clears throat> the Blue Kachino would start to be seen during the dances, like I said, and would make, make his appearance known to the children in the plaza during the night dance. This event would tell us that the end times were very near. Then the blue star Kachina would physically appear in our heavens, which would mean that we were in the end times. And again, before I go any farther, a lot of times people use these and other stories of these apocalyptic times to scare the, you know, everything out of everybody. And I think those things do happen. But if, if you hear anything in my message and my message in other videos, there's a way to live to, to go to overcome that, to surpass all the things that happen, to not be in the wrong place at the wrong time, to always be at the right place at the right time. And that's the message. So before we go any farther, before my thinks, I'm going to talk about all the destruction of things and, and in that way and try to scare people. That's not my, that is not my goal at all. I am trying to simply relay what these people have said and, and not leave everything out. Because I think a lot of times it's one-sided where they try to make it just seem like it's all something bad that's going to happen, something that 
to be scared of and afraid of. And they say in the final days, we will look up in our heavens and we will witness the return of the two brothers who helped create the world in the birthing time. Pogang Hoya is the guardian of the North Pole and his brother, Palo, Palo Gahoya, is the guardian of the South Pole. In the final days, the blue star Kachina will come to be with his nephews and they will return to Earth its natural rotation, which is counterclockwise. That's something I think that's really important, that they're saying that our Earth is out of its natural rotation and it should be going counterclockwise. And I think that's pretty profound because when you talk about the Bible and saying there's three days of darkness and the Hopis do talk about a long day period, I've often thought if the poles flipped that we would probably stop spinning a certain way. When you think about magnetics, you're going to flip the frequency to something completely different. Um, then it's going to go, you know, it's going to stop where it's at before it spins the other way. And that's just how magnetics work. This fact is evidence in many petroglyphs that speak of the Zodiac and within the Mayan and Egyptian pyramids. The rotation of the earth has been manipulated by not so benevolent star beings. The twins will be seen in our northwestern skies. They will come and visit to see who still remembers the original teachings. Flying in their flying shields, they will bring many of their star family with them in the final days. And so again, these are the same stories that we hear in the Marbarta about these flying bowls and crafts and the Vimana and stuff that, are, that have come in the past and that they were flying around, they were having wars and everything like that. And here's, you know, something very similar talking about these people bringing their families to come see, are we still living in the way that we're supposed to? You know, obviously many of us are not. Probably most of the people on the planet are not, if we're going to be honest with ourselves. So the return of the Blue Star Kachina, who is also known as Nanga Soho, will be the alarm clock that tells us of the new day and the new way of life. And that's what I want to emphasize on more than anything, a new world that is coming. So we know there's going to be an end, right? But if there's an end, there's got to be a beginning. And that's the thing I believe to focus on. Because if you do believe that the end of the world is coming, volcanoes are coming, earthquakes are coming, and you don't realize these are birthing pains, that when a woman gives birth, there's going to be screaming and trembling and, and those kind of things. And if you see it as that, it looks terrible. If you were to walk in and just see nothing but that, you'd think she was dying. But she's giving birth to a new life. And if you wait long around long enough and you know that's coming, that's what will come. But I do believe if you think another way, if you think the end is coming, the end will come for you in some way. And I think that's what more than anything we really need to stay focused on. There is a new world coming, a new way coming, a thousand years of peace and different you know, cultures and, and books and traditions have talked about it in many different ways, but they all pretty much say the same thing. Um, this is where that change will begin. They will start as fires that burn within us, and we will burn up with desires and conflict if we don't remember their original teachings and return to the peaceful way of life. And I feel like that's incredibly important. How many people do you know right now will burn up with all the things of the world and, you know, looking at certain things online and, you know, being involved in things they probably really shouldn't and not for their, you know, benefit? Um, being burned up with anger because and frustration with the way things are going. It's very obvious that many of these things that they're talking about are already happening. We are not, you know, talking about something that's going to happen. To me, pretty much this entire prophecy are already things that are already happening. 
And then here's another, here's another big thing I, that I feel like I've, I've seen in different prophecies. This one, not as much as the blue star, but this is definitely part of many of these oral traditions as well. So not, be, not far behind the twins will come the purifier, the red star, Kachina, who will bring the day of purification. On this day, the earth, her, cre her creatures, and all life as we know it will change forever. There will be messengers that will precede this coming of the purifier. They will leave messages to those on the earth who remember the old that always. Um, and that's just, you know, incredible. There's literally going to be not only are they saying this blue star Kachina, this blue dwelling place in the sky, but also a red Kachina that's going to come and, you know, kind of sit in our atmosphere and hang out and people are going to be able to see it. And it does make sense to why sometimes you hear about things people are doing in the sky that may prevent people from seeing what's going on up there um, and why people talk about even blocking out the sun to help with global warming. Why don't they want us to see what's going on out there? Because if we saw these things, we knew these things, some people probably would, not everybody, but I think a few people would straighten up and be like, whoa, what is happening? This isn't life like a normal life. You know, things are going on out there that are different. And even people who do follow astrology are going to say, whoa, what is this object? What are these things happening? Um, especially if these things are very large objects, which it seems to be that's exactly what they are. So these messages will be found written in living stone through the sacred grains and even the waters. And I mean, we I mean, we all know of crop circles, um, crop circles have even been found in ice and many of like prophecy rock and other things are literally saying that these messages are written in stone. So they really are. So the purifier will issue forth a great red light. All things will change in the manner of in their manner of being. Every living thing will be offered the opportunity to change from the largest to the smallest. And even that, I want to, you know, just again, we I don't know. I don't have all the answers. I definitely am not going to claim to sit here and tell you I know exactly what all these objects are and, and when they're going to happen and how it happens in 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 you know order. I am just explaining, this is what I read. And these are the things that I, that I feel something is incredibly huge happening on this planet. And we're going to see things we never saw before. And, um, and that's, I mean, that's, that's the truth. And I think it's really important that we just sit in that first second and say, wow, some, some big things are happening and they're even bigger things are going to happen. Um, but one of the things that even the Bible talks about is the moon will turn blood red. And is that from something from our atmosphere that's, you know, being emitted or is it something that kind of has to do with this red kachina that's emitting this red light? Is it part of the moon situation? I don't know, but I do believe the moon is part of the, the reasoning why we're out of the rotation that we normally are. I do believe that the moon is something that's been set in there, uh, our atmosphere for probably 13,000 years to maybe a couple hundred thousand I don't think it's something that's been a long, been there for a long time. Um, if you're interested in stuff like that, go back and watch the Moon Matrix video that I did a couple of months ago. That explains that really uh, in depth. But I do think the Moon is a you know when they talk about these non-benevolent star beings changing rotation, I think the Moon is the number one reasoning and the ability that they're able to do that. So then they say those who return to the ways given to us and the original teachings and live a natural way of life will not be touched by the coming of the purifier. They will survive and build the new world. Only in the ancient teachings will the ability to understand the messages be found. And I think that's important to know. If you do go back to being in a natural way with the planet, with Mother Earth, Father, Son, and realizing that you're its children, 
you will have such an easier time to transition into this new age and this new world that is that is coming. Um, and if you don't, and you don't believe that the earth is a conscious living being that breathes and is has an imagination, has a life cycle and a lifespan, and you just think it's some dead thing, you're, you're not going to get it. And I don't think those people um, are going to make it into the new world. And, but just for full disclosure, I do believe all beings have an evolutionary period. So, you know, you get to certain places and you don't make it through, you're going to go to another planet to do the work to eventually get there. I think everybody, every everyone gets the, the opportunity, it says, from the smallest to the largest. And if you don't make it this time, I don't think that's your only opportunity. You'll get many other opportunities to do it. So, you know, it's not to judge anyone or we're better than anybody else. Everyone's going to get that opportunity. And I think eventually most most beings and entities are going to get it. And it is important for us to understand that these messages will be found upon every living thing, even within our bodies, even within a drop of blood. All life forms will receive the messages from the twins, those that fly, the plants, even the little animals, rabbits and squirrels and shoes and everything else. The appearance of the twins begins a period of seven years, which will be our final opportunity to change our ways. Everything we experience is a matter of choice. And that is that is a pretty incredible time frame too, the seven-year period. And the Bible talks about that seven-year trial of tribulations. Um, you know, is that something we're in now? I don't know, but I, I don't... I don't think so. I, th I think, again, I think we're going to be able to see these things and given that opportunity. And now we got this even smaller time frame. So the people who are moving towards, you know, a promised land where we're all living together on a, on a community and working together and living off the land and off the grid, um, there'll be you know, significant steps along the way that will be able to make it easier all of a sudden for us to manifest the things that we really want even easier. And I think that's important to realize, like, it doesn't all have to happen today. But know where you want to go. Have a direction. This is where we want to live. This is how we want to go. This is how we want to live our lives. And I believe if we have that intention, there's really nothing that can stop you from that. If you truly believe it, that you will receive it. And you know that for you, you are worthy of that. And we are all worthy of that, man. All of us. Many will appear to have lost their souls in these final days. So intense will nature with the nature of the changes be that those who are weak in spiritual awareness will go insane. For we are nothing without spirit. I want to read that one more time. Many will appear to have lost their souls in these final days. So intense will the nature of the changes be that those who are weak in spiritual awareness will go insane. And I think we're already seeing that today. Um, and even, you know, the Bible talks about those who have will be given more and those who don't will, be, will have less. And I think we're seeing that today. And if you are not grateful for every single thing that you have, every piece of food, everything you have to drink, your family, everything is going to be taken from you eventually. Um, so I would start, you know, waking up every morning, being grateful to be here at this incredible time, this incredible change and transformation that we're on this purification. And, um, you know, don't see it as a negative thing. When we when we wash our hands in the sink to get rid of the germs before you eat your dinner, you're not caring about the billions of germs that you're killing, you know, and, it, and it, you are. And, you know, you have to think of it like that. Mother Earth eventually has to take a bath. She has to purify herself through fire, water, ice, those different types of ways through the elements. 
And, um, you know, we are becoming like parasites on her. And if you had a tick on you, you'd pull it off. And the same thing with her. There's no, no bad feelings. I don't think I don't feel, I feel like it's like, you know, you've been given the opportunity. We didn't just get to this point. All of a sudden we have spent a lifetime after lifetime gathering up information to get to a point where decisions that we make now are extremely important. What you're going to put in your body, what you don't put in your body, the things that you're engaged with, the, the choices of jobs that you do and the people that you engage with are all manifested from what you've been doing for millions and millions of years on this planet and getting to this point. So it's not like, you know, people just don't know. I think we really have had multiple opportunities to learn. And now the decision-making that's here is incredibly important on this time and this part of the journey that we're in. So, so nothing without spirit. So they will go insane for where nothing without spirit. They will disappear for they are just hollow vessels for anything to use. I feel like I know people like that, that they're literally hollow vessels for anything to use. And, and that's why a lot of times you see people you know, do things and say things they wouldn't normally do. And then often I've worked with people who, when you go back and talk to them about those kind of things, they don't even remember it. It's not even something that ever happened. And I don't believe they do remember it because, you know, it's like blacking out when you're drunk and you don't remember it and you're doing all these crazy things. Who's in control of your avatar? Not you. And you don't remember it afterwards and you're doing crazy things you wouldn't normally do because it's not you doing it. So life will be so bad in the cities that many will choose to leave this plane, some in whole groups. And I think that's, you know, something that they all talk about in the past. A lot of crazy things happen in cities, diseases, destruction, fires, but always, you know, the right people get told by angels and different people to, Hey, come on out. Time for you guys to leave. Don't turn around, keep going. Um, and so I believe if you honestly believe that you're always gonna be taken care of, no matter what it is, where you are, what's happening, you'll always be taken care of. So only those who return to the values of the old ways will be able to find peace of mind for in the earth, we shall find relief from the madness that will be all around us. It will be a very hard time for women with children, for they will be shunned. And many of the children in these times will be unnatural. And, you know, you can only think if things are getting that crazy, you know, that would honestly be what happens. And now we are seeing a lot of unnatural kids as well. So again, they're just right on with a lot of things going on right now. And even these were, you know, many decades ago that this, this actual uh, oral tradition that I'm using to speak through is, um, you know, what they said. So some being from the stars, some from past worlds, some will even be created by man in unnatural manner saying, you know, people. And I think we're seeing that now. And uh, I, if you don't think there's a few people walking around right now that were made in a lab, you know, time to wake up, do a little research, because I, I feel like there are there's more than a couple of people that we see regularly on television and stuff that weren't naturally born. And even some, you know, corporation stuff have more than indicated that they're creating actors and actresses, actresses and Petri dishes for the way they look and they can act, um, you know, especially certain corporations. You guys can look that up for yourself. So. Many of the people in this time will be empty in spirit. They will have Sampaku, no life force in their eyes. And I think, again, we've seen that today. We walk around downtown and see stuff like that. And so that leads me to, I want to go somewhere real quick. And another part of the prophecy, one of the things that the Hopi have is called Prophecy Rock. And I think a lot of you are probably aware of that. But it's a rock with some images on it, and it shows two paths. And this you know, basically two paths that we can take and we can walk into the next cycle. Both paths start similar. They're both like parallel to each other. 
kind of moving up. Um, but one who has many people on it, many people, and it's the top, the top path and, but their heads aren't even connected to them and they don't know who they are. That's, I think that's what that's symbolizing. Um, that's what they're saying is that their heads aren't connected to them. They don't know who they are. They're living up in the, in these other realms. They're not really here on this planet. They're engaged in things that, um, that are blinding them to what's happening. They don't have a clue and don't even care about the things that are happening. So their heads are connected to them and they don't know who they are. As the top path keeps going, it starts to stair step and gets harder, just you know, real quick, all of a sudden. And then all of a sudden it just stops. The bottom path has an elder on it and food is plenty on it. They have corn stalks and things like that on it. And then there's one more path in the middle of the two that is a vertical connection between the first and the second. This is the point of no return. Many of the elders claim that this was a message given in 1998 to the United Nations by the Hopi Nation, saying that this is the point of no return. After this time, it would be much harder for people to choose which way to go. So back to the lower path, there are three. So the lower path of the elder on it, that the one that we, you know, obviously most of us here are probably watching that want to take. We land plenty with food on it. We live long, long lives, become old. Um, that's what that, that, that path is saying. That path also has three circles in it, which is our three shakings, according to them. Um, the first and the second are the world wars. Many people would say that the third one is also world war, but many elders say that's not exactly what it has to be. It could be conflict. I hope that it's not a world war and I don't want to like put that out there. That what it is, but I could certainly say this and I say this a lot, but you know, the biggest war that I see happening right now isn't for people fighting with guns and knives and that kind of stuff and tanks on a battlefield. I think the biggest war that we see every day is millions, if not billions of people every day who can't eat with their own families, um, who can't sit at the same dinner table, who can't get along with other people um, and are angry and mad and, and that kind of stuff. And I feel like that frustration, that anger um, with billions of people uh, is just as detrimental to the to the field to our planet as an actual war with guns and knives and people are dying so you know a lot of like I said a lot of people would like to point to that being the third world war it definitely seems like that's where a few people want to turn our trajectory to and if that happens that happens and the people who go into that you know the consequences is death probably for things like that and that's why I think it's very clear that other stories talk about the peacemakers shall inherit the earth. The Hopi means peaceful person. Um, so how do you get through those things? You don't engage with them. You don't fight wars. I don't shoot my brothers for no reason to people I don't know for, for profit, for oil, for just to be distracted, to kill each other. So other people can take all our taxes and monies and do the things, whatever they want to. I don't, we're not going to engage. We say no and we resist. And I think that, that's how you get into a peaceful realm is to say no more. I will not fight anybody for any reason whatsoever. So anyways, after the lower path continues past the old man that's walking with the cane, it hits the edge of the rock. But even after it hits the edge of the rock, it continues to wrap around the side of the rock, meaning that there's some kind of edge, some kind of end that we get to before we take a whole nother dimensional frequency turn and it's something completely different. And I think that's what many of us are looking forward to who are watching something like this tonight, that there is some kind of new age, some kind of new frequency, some new dimensional, fifth dimensional type of life on this planet that 
is going to be accessible to a few. And that to me is one of the most incredible things that I can think of that my family, the people I love, people I care about, my friends, that we can have a direction in life and start sailing towards that point, whether that's, you know, community. And like I said before, the living out, living out in a community on the land, you know, growing our own crops and, and our food and, you know, li drinking living water. Those are the things that I feel like are, you know, working towards and getting, getting there. And I know that that just like in the past, the promised land called to people, the promised land is calling to us, not just in our country, but in all kinds of countries around the earth, because, there's holy land out there for us to live on and to, to live this lifestyle again, just like the Hopi people. One thing I feel like because the people, the Hopi people talk so much about their ethics and their uh, way of living and their, you know, well-mannered behavior and stuff. To me, Hopi is not just the people who live in Arizona and these reservations, but they, they, it feels like, you know, it's anybody, anybody who lives this way, who lives with the natural way of mother earth and father, son, who lives peacefully you know, we can be part of that nation or part of that tribe with them. Um, at least that's what it feels like to me. And I don't, I don't want to, you know, say anything that, you know, offends anybody or anything like that. And that's not my point, but it does feel like we can live in that peaceful way with them. And that's what they're teaching us. And that's what's so important here is to realize, like, if we live in this peaceful way, we can get through all these things and we don't have to worry about any of these things happening. We won't be touched by the purification. We won't be touched by the waters or the fires or anything like that. We can get through this thing by living in a peaceful way with our mother, our father, and our people, and knowing that everybody on this planet is God, even if they don't realize it themselves. And that's that to me is one of the best things is like you hear all these things about the apocalypse and people think apocalypse is something bad and this, you know, but the apocalypse means the disclosure, a lifting of the veil to see through what's happening. And I don't, I know most of you all watching this, if you're not completely, you know, really waking up, you're definitely on the verge. If you're watching a video like this tonight, that you're starting to see through the politics, through the education, through the things that they tell us that we need to do and, and how to be that, are, that aren't good for us. They don't serve us. They don't serve the whole, they serve a few. And if it's not good for everybody, it's good for nobody in my, in my opinion, right? It needs to be good for all of us. Every single person on this planet is important. No matter what your job is or, or, or what you do or how much money is in your pocket or anything, everybody's just as important as anybody else to me. And every single person is one of God's children, everybody. And we need to treat everybody in that way. At least that's my, that's my feeling. And that's what I, that's how I feel about it. And I feel like as I treat everybody as, as God's child, you know, and I treat them well in the way I want it to be. God smiles on me a little bit more. He's, you know, that, that the universe and the mother father is more happy with me because I, I realize that. And I'm, I'm being a peaceful person. I'm being someone like these Hopi people that are saying, you know, live in this peaceful way. So anyway, the edge of the, the edge of the rock goes, the path keeps going. This prophecy is saying these people are all into their gadgets and their gizmos and all the things. And they get to a point where they can't go any farther. The path stops and they're gone while this other path continues to go. These are the two worlds. This is something Dolores Cannon talks about as well. The two earths that are splitting. And I think that's eventually what happened. And eventually we'll look around and, you know, some people just won't be here anymore. They just won't be able to take it anymore. They won't be able to do their spiritual work and they won't be able to get through to this amazing time that is promised to us that every culture almost talks about. So after the arrival of the twins, they will begin to vanish before your eyes, like so much smoke. 
Others will have great deformities born in the mind and upon their bodies, both, I'm sorry, both in the mind and upon their bodies. There will, I mean, kind of like in Jesus time when people have so many diseases that they would help heal. There will be those who walk in the body that are not from this reality for many of the gateways that were once protected that once protected us will be open. There will be much confusion, confusion between sexes and children and their elders. And I think more than anything now, there is so much confusion and there's so many people. There's a few people that are really promoting that confusion all the time uh, and different things, religion, politics, and everything else. And I think that's something to just be aware of, but everybody is allowed to have their journey. I'm not upset with anybody. I don't feel like I need to change anybody's mind. But for me personally, you know, just be aware that there's a lot of confusion and we can be wrong about a lot of things. And, you know, I think the thing that helps me realize is I know this much of an infinite amount of things that are possible. And when I realize that I don't stay stuck on any one teaching or anything, it allows me to change my mind. And I think the people who are the most intelligent people don't stay on one topic or one subject all the time and and think that they're totally right about it. I'm willing to hear new information to, to learn more pieces of the puzzle, to learn more, to grow more, to see a different perspective and see something even deeper than I didn't see it before. That's what really I think makes people smart is being able to do that and not just stay stuck with your grips on a certain idea. Moving on, life will get very perverted and there will be little social order in these times, as we're already seeing. Many will ask for the mountains themselves to fall upon them just to end their misery. Still, others will appear as if untouched by what is occurring. The ones who remember the original teachings and have reconnected their hearts and spirit. Those who remember who their mother and father is. The Pahana who have left who've, who have left to live in the mountains and forests. The Pahana are the white people, the great white brother. The Hopi await Pahana, the lost white brother from the stars, as do all in the land, saying that everybody comes from the stars. He will not be like the white, white men that we know, who are cruel and greedy. He will bring with him the symbols and the missing piece of the sacred tablet now kept by the elders, given to him when he left. They shall identify him as our true white brother. The true white brother will begin searching for the Hopi who are still following the teachings of the ancient traditions. If they are not able to find these individuals, the earth will be destroyed. It is believed if the true white brother is not able to find these people, the entire planet will be destroyed. If the symbols of the blue star and the true way of life of the Hopi are brought to the world, it will be a new beginning. All the people will be saved from destruction. They still await Pahana, but I know, but I know some folks like this, right? And I know you know some folks like that. And so I have no doubt whatsoever that this great white, true white brother, the Pahana, will find these people because I feel it in my heart and I see it in the people that I hang out with and I see it and the things online that I watch and the, and the books that I read and the events that I go to, I already know that these people exist. And so I don't have any problem knowing that, that they're going to gather up these people and we're all going to gather together and we're going to find places to congregate together and be a community together. There's no doubt in my mind. So I'm not even worried about him not finding anybody because all you have to do is simply start looking around and look and see who's looking up and who's paying attention. So when the purifier comes, we will see first a small red star which will come very close and sit in our heavens, watching us. 
watching to see how well we have remembered the sacred teachings. And again, that's just something crazy. That there's some kind of big red kachina, which again means spirit. So it could be a lot of things. Let's sit down in our atmosphere kind of watching us. This purifier will show us many miracles, signs in our heavens. And this way we will know creator is not a dream. Even those who do not feel their connection to spirit will see the face of the creator across the sky. Things unseen will be felt very strongly. And if you guys are anything like me, there are so many things pulling to you. So many questions, your guides telling you, leaving you the breadcrumbs, telling you to read that book, watch that video, talk to that person, you know, research that information or that topic. And as you do it, I know if it's, again, if you're anything like me, you've found the breadcrumbs, you find the connections. You say, I didn't realize that the Bible would connect to this and this would connect to that. And, and you realize, man, everything, it really is connected. And, you know, they want you to think that it's not. And that this subject is this one. And it's all, you know, science is this and math is this, but science and math are one. And you can't really understand one without the other because they're, everything is truly connected. Many things will begin to occur that will not make sense. Or reality will be shifting back in and out of the dream state. There will be many doorways to the lower world that will open at this time. Things long forgotten will come back to remind us of our past creations. All living things will want to be present for this day when the time ends. And we enter the forever cycle of the fifth world. Man, and I'm just like feeling on fire right now from just imagining this time, you know, these things happening. And the gratitude and the love and the, you know, the payoff. Of all the things that we've endured, many of us have endured shame and ridicule from our own families and people who totally think we're crazy or don't understand us. And we know we were right. And we didn't, you know, most of us didn't get angry. We didn't try to fight them. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we try to help them, you know, really remember, but sometimes we just realize it's not worth it. But the payoff is finally to be positively rewarded for the things that we've done over many, many lifetimes. And it just feels incredibly emotional. And I feel so much gratitude to have done the work for so many lifetimes and to study and research and know that it's not about money. It's not about cars and clothes and status and being the CEO or being the coolest person at a bar or something like that. That's nothing. It means nothing. But to have love in your heart, to be connected to the mother and father, to be part of a family, to be part of a community is so important. And it's so much more fulfilling than anything else you could buy at a store or any drink you could put in your body, anything like that. We will receive many warnings, allowing us to change our ways from, from below the earth as well as above. Then one morning in a moment, we will awakening to the red dawn. The sky will be the color of blood. Many things will then begin to happen that right now we were not sure of their exact nature. For much of reality will not be as it is now. In the twinkling of an eye, you're right. There will be many strange beasts upon the earth in those days. Some from the past and some that we have never seen. And this is again talking about like the times like Noah where there are things that people are, you know, creating genetically and animals that things that are being made people animals that they're making 
not that you can't do those in the spiritual world. You obviously you can. You become anything, shape shape shift anything you want to. But again, people are going to do it genetically and manipulate things. The nature of mankind will appear strange in these times, when we walk between the worlds, and we will house many spirits even within our bodies. After a time, we will again walk with our brothers from the stars, and rebuild this earth, but not until the purifier has left his mark upon the universe. But I find that so inspirational. I can't wait to look at this planet and see what it looks like with pyramids restored and stone hinders, you know, restored and, you know, just beauty and not the trash and just an incredible planet that this mother earth is. And, you know, that's why so many things have to be purified to get to the point of being this pristine. I mean, how many millions of satellites are there on this planet right now and the trash and the roads. And I mean, how awesome would it be to walk around and see pristine water and big, beautiful trees with lots of oxygen in the atmosphere so that, you know, just breathing is a orgasmic feeling, you know? No living thing will go untouched. Here are in the heavens. The way through this time, it is said, is to be found in our hearts and reuniting with our spiritual selves, getting simple and returning to living with and upon the earth and in harmony with their creatures, remembering that we are the caretakers, the fire keepers of the spirit. Our relatives from the stars are coming back to see how we have fared on our journey. After the purification will be new beginnings, a new age. A one that I think that we can only start to begin to imagine what it would look like, what it would feel like. I tend, I, I made a video many months ago called Spontaneous Evolution. And I believe in that twinkling of an eye when the poles flip, when this red dawn comes and all things are given that opportunity to change, you can change into something incredible. I think the beings that we were were much bigger, much more robust in the past. And I think there are obviously hominids on this planet that are much bigger and stronger than us and live a much more natural, you know, way of being the Sasquatch people and the Olmas and the Rang Pendic and these, na these, these, na these native natural hominids that, that are alive on this planet. And I think we were part of them. And I think at one point in the past, these people that came down, took the DNA of theirs and mixed with, our, mixed with the Anunnaki type blood to create a hominid, a homo sapien, a hairless, smaller individual um, species that didn't know all these things and was kind of like a governor on our brain, on our DNA. 90% of our DNA is you know kind of like turned off. But if you've ever done any research to see like a domesticated pig, when a domesticated pig escapes the farm and goes out into the woods, it will pretty much turn into a wild boar you guys know that well it will get really hairy it's because it's you know out there in the cold and it starts to and hairs your external extension of your nervous system so it's got its feelers out and it starts to get more wild and um that's what hogzilla was if you ever heard of hogzilla hogzilla was a domesticated pig that escaped who started to turn wild and it was extremely large and obviously pig dna is incredibly like human dna um, almost as much as like a chimpanzee or something like that. I do believe that there are people who probably walk out of our civilization into the woods and turn into these wild people. And in different times when these things happen, when these, you know, these huge events happen in our past, I, I believe people were turned into wild people, hairy type people. And these people were 
um, deemed demonic. They were deemed, you know, uh, too wild for society and they were being exiled and cast out and killed. But I think we will spontaneously evolve into hominids, not everybody, but some people, you know, because love is this higher vibrational frequency, you know, right. Then, then fear and fear has these high crescents and low traws or whatever. But the, the highest, the high frequency of love, if we live in that, it's not about survival of the fittest. It's about living in a higher vibrational frequency. And as the Schumann cavity resonance rises and the particles are all shifting and moving and everybody seems like time is going by much faster than it was before, but it's not the same amount of time, but we're realizing things we're understanding things in a, in a much faster way than we were 10 years ago or hundred years ago. And the conversation you can have in 10 minutes could be what you can learn in lifetimes ago, just a couple of decades or hundred years ago. That evolution can happen in an instant. In the twinkling of an eye, we can change into something completely different. We can change into much larger, higher dimensional beings. In Egyptian, they have those 15 and 20 foot tall fifth dimensional beings in there. I believe that we can become those. How easy would it be to become something like that and really take our planet back? It would help. It would help out a lot. And maybe that's me being crazy and dreaming, but I, I feel that deep down in my bones of becoming these wild people again. You know, when, when you really think about these wild Sasquatch people and things like that, they don't care about your beer, your politics, your religion. They care about each other. I think first and foremost, that's all they care about is each other. That's the most important thing in whole in life to them is to make sure they take care of their own. And how, how would our society benefit greatly if we learn to love each other and take care of every single one of our brothers and sisters? Like they really were your brothers and sisters. We could learn so much from them. And so we're coming to this cusp. We're coming to this incredible time of transformation, a metamorphosis, if you will, of human consciousness, of physicality, of our emotions and our mental states can become so much greater than I think we can ever even imagine. And this will become and will seem like what some people call a great reset. It's a big change. And what I find fascinating about the people who are saying things like that and globalist people who are saying things like that is they're not doing the spiritual work. They want to get through to this new age with their power and their money and their stuff. And so that they can control getting through. Because I think many of these people know about these stories and many of these stories are hidden from us and deemed to be, you know, religion or things like that. But there's a lot of truth in these religion stories and these books. And so they build their underground bunkers in Hawaii and other places so they can get under because they know just like the Hopi people did and all these cataclysms, they were brought down underground by the ant people and they were saved by these cataclysms. And now you see so many people, elite people with this lots of money who are building these underground bunkers to save themselves from this cataclysm. But to me, whether they do or not, I don't care. But I know I don't want to get there with some because I have money and I can build myself this underground base. I want to get there because I've done the spiritual work, because I am being rewarded in the end for the things that I've done, the good that I've done this planet and the really falling back in line with my mother and the father, you know, mother earth and father son and being peaceful again in a natural way. And so it's incredible that these people are trying to control the narrative of what this looks like for them so that they can get in while the rest of us suffer. But in some instances they're right. You probably will get to a point. You should get to a point where you own nothing and be happy. 
that nothing owns you anymore, that you're free. You're totally free from your job, from your worries, from money, from the cars, from houses, from clothes, from everything. We don't even need those things. We really will get to a point someday. And I think someday soon, but those things don't even matter to you more. It will be the love in your heart, the people that are you're with, the family that you have, the tribe that we're in. Those are the things that will matter more than anything. And you won't care about owning anything. If you care about be connecting with the planet, be connecting with other people on this planet. So they can build all the things they want in the underground bases and all stuff and trying to get to the next world. But I'm going to tell you what, it's much easier than that. You just have to do the spiritual work. You have to listen to your guides and your angels. Listen to the calling, that intuition, that voice in the back of the head that says something. And a lot of times if you're not listening, it's screaming at you with sledgehammer blows saying, do this. And you just have to have the courage to do it, to follow your heart, to leave that job that's no longer good for you or that relationship that's no longer good for you or whatever it is in your life. Have the courage to move on and learn what it is that they're saying to you and what they're guiding us towards. And I think they're guiding us towards a new age and a new world that works for everybody and not a few people. And that is something I feel like all these channels and, and history channels and TV shows, they all talk about the destruction, but they never really get into where all this going to, excuse me, where it's all going to. And again, if you were to focus on the birth, a mother giving birth and the screaming and the yelling and the crying, it would seem like that person's dying unless you know at the end what's going to happen. And I think at the end, we're giving birth to a new human, homo luminous, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, but we will live in a way that's much more harmonious between the worlds and we'll be able to see through things and through people and events and situations and circumstance that we haven't had in the past any time recently. But as you are starting to wake up, I know all of you are starting to see through these things now. I'm starting to realize all the things that are happening and you know, it don't have to take, you don't have to take my word for it. You can do your own research, look up your own things and come to the same conclusion, or at least a similar one that I'm coming to. So tonight, I just want to encourage every single one of you to do that work, to do those meditations, do that yoga, learn to love yourself, learn to forgive yourself, and forgive all the others people who have done things to you. Not because they deserve it, because you deserve peace. Let it go. All the work that each and every single one of us do, it means something. And what you do in your life affects your entire family, affects the people that you hang out with, the people you work with. And when you have true harmony and true peace, it makes it so easy for people to just come to you and feel that peace with you instead of that frustration or that anger or whatever else everybody else is feeling. You have a higher vibration. You can go into a room, completely change the feeling and the flow of that energy just by being a higher vibration and like leveling out all the other things where they don't even people feel anxious anymore. People don't even feel those things anymore. So tonight, again, I just want to say thank you to every single person who's watching online, who's here with me on Ascension Works TV, and is probably chomping at the bit to say something and to add something to this, I hope, and have an incredible, cool discussion. Um, all those people who will watch this later, you know, please, you know, it's not about me. It's about we. It's about all of us. And that's the message I want to be, I want to give tonight. So thank you guys all for watching. I'm always, again, incredibly humbled and thankful 
to be able to have a platform to say these things, to share this information, and to learn how to become one again with all of you. Because I am an aspect of God. And I know and I realize every single one of you is an aspect of God. And that divine in me sees, honors, and recognizes the divine in each and every single one of you. Namaste. Namaste.